Hello and welcome everyone. This is On the Barricades. This is another edition of our show. My name is Boyan Stanislavski and I will be your host today. Uh, the usual co-host of the show, Maria Chernat, was uh, not able to make it for the uh, today's recording, but we've got a very special guest for you here. Uh, you know him. He's a great friend of the show and he's a great analyst and a fantastic uh, intellectual with a, and an activist, long-standing activist with a great record, uh, someone who is also a specialist in European left's history. He is a frequent guest on our YouTube channel because together with him, we run the other uh, show every month it's called divided we fall where we focus on uh, well very generally put what's wrong with the left and why it keeps losing but today of course we're going to be focusing on uh, the most important element in international politics today which is the war in Ukraine but before we dive into that I want to say hello Pat hello there Boyan thanks for coming on the program uh, well, the situation is extremely difficult, and uh, as much as I hate, you know, speaking about emotions, especially when it comes to you know public uh, public matters, I, I I have to admit, you know, I have to confess that I'm absolutely devastated at what's uh, you know what's going on. I'm devastated and heartbroken to see this war between two brotherly uh, fraternal nations, one nation really. I mean, I don't quite see how anyone in their right mind could argue that there are any major differences between nations like, you know, Belarusians, Russians, Ukrainians, or for that matter, Serbs and Croats. That's also a conflict which I, you know, which occurred, uh, <clears throat> which I was able to, to, to witness, which I was able to see and, and, and I had to consume of course, not as as a victim, not as a. I haven't participated in that in, in any any way. But I'm Bulgarian by birth, so I come from the Balkans, and and I consider uh, all the nations of the former socialist Yugoslavia to to be brotherly to the one that I was born into, which is the Bulgarian one. And again, I mean, no real differences between Serbs and Croats, no real differences between Bulgarians and Mas oh, sorry, Northern Macedonians now. So uh, this is this is uh, this is an extremely traumatic experience. Uh, of course, not as much uh, as for the people who are the actual victims of the military conflict um, that is going on right now. Nonetheless, I just have to state that it's it's you know it's devastating to see that Eastern Europe becomes once again a theater of war, and uh, you know that this time. It's 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 obviously a geopolitical clash uh, between the United States and Russia, or between the United States and Russia and China. We're going to talk about that, and uh, you know, Ukraine. U Ukraine is just the, the kind of casus belli. It uh, it, it was. It, it's not really about the very Ukraine. It's not really about you know all those things that are said. Uh, <clears throat> But uh, it's it's really it's really difficult, and I think it's it's very traumatic also for for many people around here. I mean, for, we're in the country where I reside, Poland. <coughs> you know, this is just uh, for many people. For many people, it's uh, it's like their wounds, their traumatic historical wounds. They start to bleed again, and and that also has a very specific result on the 
atmosphere, on the climate, on, on the social reaction, so to say, it, it becomes increasingly, it has been increasingly unhinged over the last 72 hours uh, in particular, but pretty much since the beginning of that war, which uh, occurred, let us, let me remind our viewers, it all started on Thursday last week at 5.30. This is when uh, the Russian military was given orders to begin what the Russian authorities referred to as special peacekeeping operation to denazify and to demilitarize Ukraine in order to protect the people of Luhansk and Donetsk. Uh, and, uh, well, as for now, I want to say that I have seen no <laughs> signs of denazification, whatever it was supposed, uh, whatever it is supposed to mean. Uh, clearly no demilitarization on the contrary the conflict uh, in terms of the military clashes is uh, is there uh, we can see that occurring in the southeast mostly of ukraine south of the luhansk uh, of the territory of what is referred to as the luhansk people's republic uh, close to the city of mariupol which is the largest harbor city in uh, ukraine then there is this surrounding of Kiev, and there are uh, you know some some fights still going on in Kharkov, the second largest city in Ukraine. But I have to say that you know those are probably going to finish very soon because the front has moved already way beyond Kharkov towards this, uh, the, the the Ukrainian heartland, and uh, we can expect quite soon the Russian military advancing uh, towards Odessa, which is on the Black Sea. Uh, that is south of Ukraine, and it seems like, uh, well, judging by the information that is there on, you, you know, in the in the Western and in the Russian media, that's the only way I can get any information. There's no way for me to, of course, verify it or corroborate it. So, uh, like, this is what we know so far, that the Russian military is po probably going to soon surround uh, the, the whole region of Odessa, which is Odessa to the north of along the border with Moldova, and this is how they're going to open the road, the, the, the kind of the access, they're, they're going to open access to Transnistria, which is the region of Moldova that is, uh, well, just very briefly, you know, friendly to Russia. Uh, okay, so uh, this is the situation we're in right now, and I brought, I, I invited you, Pat, because I, uh, I, I value your analysis. I think you're one of the very few people on the socialist left who have remained sharp in this situation and uh, who can offer not only rational perspective on things, uh, not only some historical examples and, and analogies, but also, uh, you know, can, can give the kind of Marxist perspective, the classical Marxist perspective on uh, on them, which is something that is obviously missing in the debate. And I think it's extremely important to have that kind of perspective uh, discussed. So, uh, Pat, please, the, uh, the mic is yours. Well, uh, thanks for the introduction, uh, Boyan. Um, I don't know if I um, justify some of these superlatives. Um, certainly not fantastic intellectual. Um, I, I don't really consider myself an intellectual, more, a, more an activist in that sense. But 
I try so I try to approach these things from a practical point of view as well as theoretical one. Um, and I, uh, I I'd like first of all to echo your, you know, uh, sadness at the tragedy that this represents. Um, and, and you know, I'd like to make it very clear that from the outset that you know that I. I like you. I'm very opposed to this invasion of Ukraine by Russia, because this is <clears throat> this is basically the use of force to try and achieve policy and regime change, and this is not this is exactly what we argue against uh, when the Americans do these things. Yes, exactly. Um, the Russians have adopted we, American standards now, haven't they? They have. Yeah, they've kind of imitated the worst behavior of the Americans and the Europeans, and I don't think that 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 is a, a good look at all. Um, more importantly, of course, is, is the the victims of this. You know, so we will this this war, whatever the outcome, will lead to obviously loss of, of many lives, um, injuring far more, and it will shatter the hopes of many uh, of Ukrainian and Russian families. It will lead to millions of people leaving, having to leave their homes. Yeah, already 350,000 people have crossed the border from Ukraine to Poland, sure, you know, sure. and there are already refugees in Romania, in Bulgaria. So we're talking about massive exodus. Sure. Well, I mean, the UN is isn't it? The UN said about 7 billion or the EU said about 7 million people having to leave. So, um, you know, you can see the scale of this. Um, and and then it, will it be possible for them to come back and will they want to come back? You know, the the whole disruption, you'll probably have families who are, some will stay, some might come, you know, it's going to rip apart all kinds of... Yeah, absolutely. We don't really know, we don't really know what's going to be left of, you know, Ukraine right. as we know it, or as we I knew know. it, really. Uh, so, we, yeah, we have I mean, no this, idea, we have no yeah. idea what the end game here is like. Is Vladimir Putin going to take, I don't know, half of Ukraine, the whole of Ukraine, is he going to well, we'll partition come on, we'll it? Come but, on, we'll, we'll come on to that. But I, yeah. I think the war, without doubt, the war is definitely going to destroy a lot of Ukraine's economy. Yeah, and, and once again, we oppose it. We, we strongly yeah. oppose it and condemn this aggression. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be damaging, very damaging to the environment of the country. It's going to waste huge billions and billions of money on arms. And in fact, I would argue that far from denazifying Ukraine, this war is likely to increase the, the ethnic hatreds and reactionary attitudes that underlie Nazism on both sides, both in Ukraine and in Russia. And yeah, it's going and, to leave and by the way, by the way, I, I want to say yeah. that I want to add here that I made that point in our previous programs. I mean, with you, but with other guests that we had that, you know, uh, as much as the Russians can, you know, repeat mm. this talking point that it's not against the population of Ukraine, that it's against this Banderite regime, like whatever, however you want to refer to those authorities that mm. were created mm. after the 2014 coup. Uh, it's like, you know, they could believe that. But, you know, when people break into your home with machine guns in their hands, you know, you don't come to think about like whether they like the government or whether you like the government. Uh, what is your political position on this or that? You just hate them, and and it's it's uh, because you want to survive, and they are your your enemies, and and even many Ukrainians, I believe, who are favor who have a very favorable attitude towards Russia, they might shift actually towards some kind of mm. stance uh, which is exactly uh, sure. in line with the nationalistic uh, Ukrainian. Nonsense. So, uh, and and as you said, like in Russia, it could strengthen such attitudes as well. So uh, this is this is like a lose lose situation from that point of view. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's a 
the 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 right wing right wing nationalists are not unique to Ukraine. There's a lot of them in no. in Russia. In fact, a lot of a lot of the core support for Putin is right wing nationalism. So it's uh, you know, and and if, I think that this will just fan the flames of that, and and it'll leave behind hatreds that can last for generations. Uh, yeah. I don't, the yeah. only people, I mean, one of the ironies is, is is really if you talk about it, is that it's one set of right wing oligarchs in Russia. Invading another set of right-wing oligarchs in Ukraine—that's the truth of it, you know. Mm. Um, mm. And the only people who are likely to gain from this are those oligarchs, the elites on, on the winning side, and the arms manufacturers uh, in Ukraine and internationally. You know, they're the people who gain out of this, not the yeah, not yeah. The I think, of I think that, that, that's Ukraine, true. That's you know? true. Uh, by the way, globally, <laughs> I would say that you know uh, what all those geniuses in Washington and Brussels uh, have. Uh, <laughs> have basically prepared for us, like I'm talking about all those wars of aggression that have occurred over the last 20 years, mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. Afghanistan, Libya, Somalia, Iraq, you know, I, I, you know, you don't have enough time for me, okay, now to sure. go through all the lists. But uh, what I'm trying to say is, is that all those, all those action, all those wars of aggression that they have, that they have carried out, they went, they, they, they've done that with the feeling of complete impunity, that no one can ever strike back, that no one will ever dare to uh, somehow challenge their, their hegemony and, 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 and supremacy or however you want to refer to that, right? Like many words of, of this sort are being shuffled right now. But, but, you know, now the situation seems to be somewhat different, okay, from like in this, in this sense. Now they're they, well, they seem yeah, to be I mean, bound to you know take down <clears throat> Russia or China, and this is Russia or China. They are not Iraq or Libya. Or yeah, Syria. so I think there's an. I mean, uh, having said what we've said, you know why we're against this war. Um, <clears throat> that doesn't mean to say that that Russia didn't have strong reasons to object to the way it's been treated over recent decades. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we'll come on to those. You know, including yeah, sure, the sure. expansion of NATO. And all the sanctions have been levied against Russia, the way they've been treated by the Americans and so on. Um, and, of course, the way that the Russian people have been discriminated in, in Russian-speaking people in Ukraine. But that doesn't obviously justify this invasion, yeah. clearly, yeah. And, and in my view, um, Russia could have followed a very different path, which eventually would have succeeded in overcoming the problems, but without the use of this aggressive military action. So I think that that's the problem. It's not that Russia didn't have any grounds for complaint. Uh, definitely they did. And as you pointed out, all these examples of, uh, of the way the Americans have just bombed and invaded country after country um, without any blowback, you know. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's not, there's so much hypocrisy. I mean, I watched, the, I watched that UN debate yesterday <clears throat> and it was sickening. You know, they, they, were, they were getting up there and attacking um, Russia's actions in, in uh, Ukraine. Okay. Yeah. But they don't have to. They don't mention a thing about what all the the, the West have been doing, and bombing. Yeah, but, but, but I, I I would say even more. They <clears throat> they wouldn't even mention the fourteen thousand people that have died during the you know eight years of of war. You know, on well, and yeah, off war on the contact line yeah. between Ukraine and those uh, self proclaimed sure. republics. Okay, so that's. <clears throat> You know, but I mean, like they were. I'm just taking. Ago. I know. I'm just taking them on their own arguments. They were. Mm. They were saying we must uphold the Charter of UN, you know, uh, Charter of Rights, and and mm. so on. But they don't mention about the fact that this is constantly being being uh, broken by the, uh, the 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 leading Western powers. 
Um, and, you know, that's just ridiculous. I mean, even there was one chap guy who got up and he said, well, <clears throat> okay, uh, we know that has been it's been broken many times, um, but we mustn't be, there's no point in justifying this invasion in terms of things that have been done badly in the past. But the reality was on the very day of the debate, there was actually the, the UN uh, um, declaration was being broken by a number of Western powers. And um, so, for example, in the last week, we've had bombing in um, bombing by Israel in Syria, breaking mm -hmm. the UN rules. We've had bombing by um, uh, Saudis in uh, Yemen, Yemen, breaking yeah. the U yeah breaking the UN rules. We've had bombing in Somalia by the U USA, breaking the uh, the UN rules. So it, it's just a farce. You know, mm -hmm. you can't, you can't, you can't apply a rule only to one particular situation and not to the, all the others. Yeah, but I also got to yeah. say that there's, that there's a pinch of Western chauvinism here. I mean, as uh, because like obviously everything that you know the Western powers agree on that it is like whatever it, it's justified violence that it could be you know it could be called anything uh, like again a peaceful peacekeeping operation or anti-terrorist operation something like that then it's okay and it doesn't even deserve a mention in the UN or anywhere or in the media for that matter mm -hmm. right but now when Russia does it and of course like again i condemn russia for doing this and i condemn the russian government i think just as you said that there have other ways uh other leverages uh <clears throat> could have and should have uh, been adopted and used here mm. but uh anyway we're going to get to that i mean the the other thing that struck me at the listening to that debate in the un um was you know that the sanctions that they're levying against um uh russia These are totally illegal. Yeah, I mean, people don't people don't realize yeah. that the United. Yeah, thank Nations, you for saying that. Yeah, yeah, that the United Nations, in its Declaration of Human Rights, declared sanctions to be illegal, as sanctions are an, a version of war, economic war, and that yeah. they they can lead to actual physical war as well. And and the Americans just sanction. They're sanctioning something like thirty seven countries at the moment, mm -hmm. all of yeah. which is illegal and has not been authorized by the Security Council. So what the heck? Not only that, the delivery of arms into the situation in um, in Ukraine, that in of itself is is pouring fuel that onto is, the fire. Uh, that is crime against humanity, really, because, you know, to you send know. people, you know, uh, to uh, send people who, who have very little training or next to none training, yeah. you know, to, to yeah. fight a professional <clears throat> army is just, you know, it, it's absolutely horrendous you know as an idea as a concept and 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 yeah you know i have i have argued from the beginning really that uh, you know the only solution provided the proportion of power uh you know between the russian and the ukrainian army and provided that you know the U nato countries which is the only <coughs> good thing here maybe have have clearly stated that they would not intervene in this war uh <clears throat> you know the only way forward is to really lay down arms which is something that the general that the russian general staff has called for uh you know that the ukrainian soldiers that lay down arms they will be provided security corridors and that they will be treated uh humanely and that they will be allowed to reunite with their families and uh, that uh, many of them mm. will be covered by uh an amnesty law that is uh, to be introduced after the military operation or war or whatever we want to refer to it ends. So I really feel that, and, and I really, I, I'm, I'm I, I feel terribly uncomfortable emotionally even saying that, but this is 
the fact that this is truth the truth i mean uh, you know everyone probably like unless some something unexpected totally unexpected happens but you know provided the proportions between the uh, russian and the ukrainian army anyone who takes up arms against the russian army advancing they will be dead within a minute within an hour within a day within a week within i don't know a month maybe i don't know how long the war is going to last but this is and this is a tragedy that you know soldiers ukrainian and 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 russian soldiers are dying and will be dying at each other's hands this is this is something i mean you, you really i don't want to I mean, exaggerate that, here but you got to be mean, from eastern europe to actually understand this. i can i can and i i mean the other thing if you look at it is actually that the west are using just as just as america has used ukraine as a pawn right um, in its battle with um, with russia yeah um, over the last 20 30 years um, they 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 also the western powers they talk very bravely mm. right but they're not willing to commit their troops and i don't think they should um, but they they're willing to let the ukrainians die for for them and they're yeah, gonna, as one, as they're one supply, of the guests on our yeah, as one of the guests yeah. on our program said that the Americans are prepared to fight the Russians until the last Ukrainian soldier. That's... Exactly. Yeah. So, and they're going to supply as many weapons. I mean, I don't know if the weapons are really going to get to the soldiers because, uh, you know, most of the big battles are in the east anyway. And um, how they're going to get? And most of the Ukrainian time. army is being encircled right now in the it's southeast. Imagine, so yeah, I exactly, yeah. yeah. But, but there mean, is a lot of talk it, though. There is a lot of talk. Mm -hmm. Please let me make that point. Perhaps you sure. you would like to comment on that a little later. But there's a lot of talk now, and I can see that even you know this idea was floated some time ago, and I I just dismissed it because I thought it's crazy, and I thought it's absolutely unhinged that you know the West would sponsor and train some kind of guerrilla movement in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and there's more and more talk about that. I, you know, even today I read, you know, some headlines. I wasn't able to go through the articles yet. But <clears throat> if this, if they really decide to do something like that, I, I don't even want to think of what reality we're going to wake up into in in a couple of weeks. Like a like a Syria like a Syria type yeah. situation. Yeah. You mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that thing is that we saw. <clears throat> it's one thing. Uh, it's it's one thing for the Ukrainians to be defeated, right? And, and Russia to take over, and then there'd be some things imposed on them, right? But to turn the whole country by this kind of method into a Syria situation where the majority of the people will all be forced out and everything will be destroyed. Jesus, I mean, what the hell? Um, but yeah. anyway, but yeah. I mean, the thing is, the trouble is, though, that <clears throat> this not only all the damage to, to the actual people of, um, of, of Ukraine by all this, this operation, but, but this, it, it's also... From the point of view of the left, uh, this is a pretty disastrous development. I Absolutely. mean, we're actually seeing we're seeing a carnival of reaction. You know, the, uh, the, it, Putin's invasion has bolstered the reactionary forces internationally, and um, you know, we, we've seen that from Russia went from being seen as a kind of a, the wounded party and the victim mm. until a few weeks ago, and has now been transformed by this action into the aggressor and the villain, <clears throat> and. Um, It's united the European powers more closely with the U.S. In many ways, it's played into the American hands. Absolutely, um, I agree with you. And it, and and it's got it's strengthened NATO. Um, NATO now is in the position where it may actually get some new members in Europe. Mm, mm. So Finland's talked about joining NATO, and one or two other neutral states have talked about joining NATO. Not only that, it's led to uh, many countries increasing their weapons purchases. 
Um, for example, uh, Germany, which is a very dangerous development, is now yeah. going to completely rearm um, and it's going to increase its budget right now for by 100 billion euros. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it's going, to, it's going to increase its budget to 2% of GDP and a lot of other countries. Which is something that Trump same. wanted and never managed to achieve. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, this is, um, this is really um, uh, damaging, um, you know, to, to uh, many things that, that Russia says it wants to fight. You know, it didn't yeah. want to happen. Yeah. I mean, Europe, in many ways, Europe was divided. Um, you know, Germany was trying to soften the line and um, France was trying to soften the line. And the trouble was they didn't have the courage to stand up to America. But, mm. but nevertheless, there was divisions in Europe. Now they've united them all. On the war path, you know. So this is yeah, really, yeah. Uh, I, I, I would like us to later talk a little bit about how how it actually, you know, the build up to uh, sure. the history and then the build up because I think it's um, it's right. also very important uh, for us to be informative for our re- uh, viewers right. and and listeners. Uh, but anyway, we are going to uh, do that in the second segment of the program. Uh, this was uh, just the introduction, and uh, I want to thank everyone watching and listening. Uh, I want to remind you that we run a Patreon account, patreon.com slash the barricade, and that we are here for you. We are the independent uh, leftist Eastern European media. Please support us. Thank you so much for being with us for the first segment, and we are going to see each other very soon. Thank you, Pat. Good.